What's up, everyone? This is Chris Weidman. On today's MMA on SiriusXM podcast, I talk to UFC light heavyweight Anthony Smith about his injury rehab, his return fight, and the betting controversy surrounding James Krause. Plus, my buddy Dennis Bazookia also joins me to discuss his Maverick MMA title win, his UFC aspirations, and what it's like training alongside Aljamain Sterling, Ally Aquenda, and Marab. Take a listen. UFC light heavyweight contender, the one and only... Anthony Lionheart Smith. What's going on? How we doing, buddy? That's a great intro. They should get rid of Buffer and slide in Chris Weidman. Uh, hang on a second. I, I want to usually I just want to ask guests how they're doing. But first, we just have some breaking news from MMAJunkie.com. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but I'd love to get your response. According to MMAJunkie.com, recently subpoenaed due to the connections to the James Krause scandal by the FBI is UFC light heavyweight contender Anthony Smith. And oh, we just happened to get you on the show. So I'd actually love to get your response to this. And like, how, what was it like to be subpoenaed? How you been dealing with that? And uh, what is your response uh, to this James Krause <laughs> allegation? Well, I didn't know I was subpoenaed. Uh, honestly, man, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this Krause thing. I'm I'm pleading the the fifth, the fourth, the thirteenth. Um, yeah, man, I don't, it's it's wild though, right? Bro, oh, it is it is wild. Okay, I just let me just put it out there before we both get sued, or especially me because I said it. Anthony Smith was not subpoenaed. <laughs> I said that as a joke. He has no true connection to the James Krause scandal that is going on right now, where there was some illegal betting going on with his fighters, and now he's uh, kind of suspended from the UFC, can't be a part of the shows. You were at, and I, I, I know you're connected to James Krause, not in that way. You guys have trained together, right, for a while, yeah. and uh, you know him personally. Yeah. Um, you were at the show. You were you were working the desk this weekend, and when the news came out that James Krause was not allowed to be in the corner of his fighter. Uh, right. What was, what was, what was that like? And what, what is the speculations around the UFC with that whole thing? You know, it, it, it's always that same back and forth bullshit that happens. Like, to be honest with you, I didn't even know James Cross was there to begin with. I didn't know that, uh, that goddamn, what was that fighter's name? His, uh, his, his guy, his, the guy he had, I don't remember. Uh, Minner? No, Minner? no, no, no. The, uh, the, this last weekend when he got pulled. Oh, Miles Johns, Miles Johns. I didn't know yeah. Miles Johns was one of his guys. So I didn't even know he was there. So the fact that he wasn't allowed to be there didn't uh, that was that was like kind of shocking, too, because I was, you know, I was like, holy shit, Krause was he, I didn't know he was here. Um, but I, I mean, what did they expect? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the like if that was me that I was and I was going through all that shit, I would just lay low until whatever investigations or, or you know, until all that stuff is done. I, I would just lay low, keep your face off of ESPN and and you know, handle your business on the other side of it. But yeah, so that was weird. Um, I, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it seems, I don't know, kind of where there's smoke, there's fire. So like, it just seems <laughs> to be getting worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. If, I, I, I don't, because at first it seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, oh, it's just some weird betting. Some lines changed really quickly. Um, but they're definitely digging. I mean, from, you know, like you hear the stories in the back. I don't know what's true, what's not, but um, they're digging for sure. Yeah, no, apparently FBI is involved. And that's when it's like, at first, when I hear like investigation, I'm thinking like, you know, the commission or somebody, I don't know, yeah. I guess Vegas. But how much are they going to really know, you know, right. and how big is this thing really? But you have to keep in mind that James Krause, he has like a discord where he takes people's money to mm -hmm. give them bets. 
was it a part of that? Is there like text chains that this was a, like really a part of? And the crazy thing is, it was his fighter losing. The commission ain't finding shit, ain't finding shit. ever. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, they, they know they know people were using steroids and couldn't catch people. So you know, what I mean? yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to find any illegal betting scam. But when you start talking FBI and the, and anyone else other than the athletic commission, then, then now you got a fucking problem because now they start digging through your text messages, your financial histories, your internet traffic. Like they're gonna find all that shit. And then also, like, just to make it clear, so like there was, it was his fighter that was hurt, right? Yeah. And there was tons of money that came out of nowhere a couple hours before the fight on the under, under in the, the under on the fight and also first round uh, knockout. So first round finish. Right. Um, by this other guy who was already a favorite, but then obviously it went astronomical level of favorite, favorite. Um, so technically, if he was involved, he told people to bet against his own fighter. And, Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's the allegation. That is, is the that, allegation is that it got out really close to his fight, how injured he was. So, you know, and, and Minner, he, who knows, Minner might just be a, you know, a, a innocent bystander in this whole deal. You know what I mean? Like, how did it get out? Who told people, you know, what was the advice? You know, were they told to bet the under and the first round finish? Because I don't know that dude. And, and that's, what's weird too. Is I don't think that guy had gotten a first round finish in like years. So that was you know, like, it was it, the whole thing's weird, man. The whole thing's crazy. It's, yeah. There's no question that somebody knew something to mm -hmm. put that type of money on a first round finish. And, and also just another thing to throw out there. And, you know, this is all just for fun speculation. I have no facts. I have no idea if this is true or not, but the guy was on a two fight losing streak Minner. Yeah. And so usually if you lose your third one, okay, so he's going in a fight, he's, he's really injured. He knows he's probably going to lose. This, these are the moments. I remember when I was like up and coming, hey, like some friends who were super into gambling, hey, let me know when you're like going to hang it up and you have your one last, you know, your last fight, just you could lose on purpose basically and I'll, you know, and we'll make money together. And obviously I would never do that, but I'm just wondering, did he make money on his own, on himself losing too? I think well, that has I, to be the other speculation. Yeah, I think that's the other question. I think that's what they're trying to figure out. Like, you know, pumping lines and, 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 you know, insider information, getting out and making bets. Like, <clears throat> to be honest, I, I'm not sure how illegal that actually is. You know what I mean? Like we bet on football teams and we know the quarterbacks aren't hundred percent, you know what I mean? So it, it like, that's not, I think that's a problem for sure. But I don't think, I think the bigger issue is, you know, uh, was there any fight fixing situations? Did he, did he plan on losing? Did he know he was going to lose and then bet? And I think that's, uh, that's the, the deeper. Yeah. The deeper. Because no matter what, I know the rule, even when we were allowed to bet on fights, which now we're not allowed to just recently. Um, the one thing you were never allowed to do, which they made it very clear is actually bet against yourself. <laughs> you bet against yeah. yourself. You're yeah. in big trouble. That's and you and your Dude, boys, and whoever makes the money, you're in big trouble. I think we got, I think we got away with a lot for a long time as far as the betting stuff goes, because most other sports weren't allowed to do that forever. Like, I'm sure you've done it before. I've bet on myself a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, I actually honestly, never, I I've never actually bet on myself. I, never? Uh, no, I never have. I've bet on everybody, other fights. I just feel like, not that I'm completely against it, just fight week, like just leading up to my fight. I'm so like focused just on that. I don't even think about mm -hmm. betting on myself. The last, I don't know, two or three times I did, I lost. So I stopped doing it. Um, <laughs> But you jinx like, yourself basically. Well, because there's there's no there's nothing worse than losing a fight and then having to come back and then pay your debt. <laughs> that sucks. You know and, I mean? Or like, when you bet on a friend and you're like in the corner and yeah. 
they lose and you're like, wait a second, he just lost. I'm upset for him, but now I'm pissed off. I just lost no, like I a lost thousand bucks. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. now I'm pissed at like, now you're mad at him. Got me a bunch of times. Yeah, I'll never do that. I don't bet on friends ever anymore no. either because it's then I'm then I'm mad for the wrong reasons if they happen to lose too. Right. You know, I should just be upset that they lost and not and thinking about them as opposed to worrying about myself and <laughs> fucking losing money is messed up. You know. Oh man. Let's let's well, talk about you a little bit. So you had some uh, sympathy pains for me in your last fight when you fought uh, Megamed Ankalaev. Yeah. Um, you fought July thirtieth, twenty twenty two, UFC mm-hmm. two seventy seven. You're on a three-fight win streak going into that fight. All first-round finishes. You beat Devin Clark, Jimmy Crute, Ryan Spann, all top dudes. And then you break your leg because yeah. you felt bad for me, and you just wanted to see what it felt like. I've told like, you, what? bro. I just want to be like you. I've been telling bro, you, you that forever. <laughs> I was trying to be like you with the calf kick thing. And then <laughs> that worked you out. ruined me. You ruined <laughs> me that night. Oh, man. I, we can't go into that right now. It's too long of a story. But it's just – it's funny how this is all working out. It's, it's crazy. You could write, like, a weird, like – like a short story, a little short story book. When you're taking a dump, you just, you know, <laughs> one of those things that people could buy and just put by their toilet and read a couple of short yeah. stories about this because there's some good ones. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I don't know what the hell happened. I just, I don't even know when it broke. I don't know what sequence it happened in. I just know when I stood up after the first round, I took one step and I could feel the bones clicking, you know, and then that's when the, it's, it's like, once you realize it's broken, then it hurts, but it wasn't yeah. bothering me at all until then. Um, but honestly, it wasn't, it wasn't anywhere near the, the, you know, the tragedy that, that you have kind of had to battle back through. Um, it was like an extension of my leg bone into my ankle. So it was some, you know, some screws and some pins and, and we're, you know, we're back moving again, but once still I, a big deal, yeah, still a big deal, you know, every surgery is a big deal. And then also sucks. the fight like that, when you have a broken leg, I mean, you were able to still somewhat move, yeah. but still when you have a broken leg, you, I mean, that's, you pretty I thought much of you in the, I thought of you that, that night in the octagon. Did you really? I remember, yeah, because I sat down and my coaches were like, all right, we got to start pushing forward. And I was like, guys, if like in my head, I was thinking, guys, if I take another fucking kick or something hard here, I'm going to end up like Weidman. <laughs> like, I, I swear to God, I thought that like, that's why I just pressured and pushed him up against the fence. And then Dr. D was like, yeah, if you'd have taken it like a nasty calf kick or something, you'd have, it had looked exactly like that. I so, loved like, when you pressured him up to that point too. I was doing it. That's how I wanted you to fight that fight too. So when you were going forward, I'm like, oh, he's good, he's good. But really, it was just the beginning of the end. You were just trying. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I just was trying not to get kicked again because yeah. I didn't want to end up, you know, no offense, but like the optics of that never go away. You no, know what I mean? It like, it is a nightmare. I'll always remember, you know, the video of you throwing that nasty ass leg kick, and then stepping back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to. I don't want that to happen. You know? So like, yeah. You know, I mean, I love you, but I don't want to be like you that much. Yeah, yeah, no, don't, don't take it to that level, bro. Don't yeah, do it. So it's going to get really awkward. It's a, it was the blood clot that's kind of held me up for the, the post. Yeah, so talk about clot. that. Let's talk about the rehab and like some of the setbacks you've had. So it, healing was going fine. And, and part of it, a lot of it's my fault. Uh, as soon as I fought, I took a bunch of analyst gigs because I knew I was going to be hurt for a while. So I was like, well, I might as well try to stay in the sport and not because here's what happens. You get injured, you get banged up. And then you're sidelined and you sit on your couch and you can't fucking get up. You can't do anything you want to do. You, you start drinking too much. You're eating like shit. You get fat. And, and all you're doing is fighting obesity and a drinking problem, you know? So like <laughs> what I wanted to do was like my, I told myself after the, cause when I got hurt with the span fight, then I had the staph infection and all that other bullshit. I was out 10 months. So I told myself after this, this last one, like, I am not going to just sit around feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to do all the same shit that I was going to do anyways. And I'll just figure it out and figure out how to do it with a broken leg. So 
I probably shouldn't have maybe went as hard as I did. Like I had surgery on a Saturday. By Thursday, I was on a flight to San Diego to work the desk. And then the next weekend I was in Salt Lake City. And then after the next weekend I was in Vegas. And then uh, Michaela and I flew to Paris to work that event. And on the way back, you know, I'm like, oh, my leg hurts and I'm bitching about it. And she's like, you're not allowed to get out of that seat unless you have to go to the bathroom. I think you have a blood clot. I was like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I ain't got no goddamn blood clot. Well, long story short, I got a goddamn blood clot from all the flying and traveling and being in a cast. And so that's what we're battling, bro. I, I got to be on blood thinners for three months. It looks like they believe that the, the blood clot has absorbed itself. Um, but even, even though it's gone now, they still have to continue the, the rounds of blood thinners to make sure that I don't clot anymore. So as soon as I'm off of blood clots, dude, I'm back to training. I'm already been back in strength and conditioning for a few weeks now. Uh, PT's going well, you know, my balance and strength are coming back. So I'm, I'm just ready to get back to training. Oh, just not to make it about me, but another weird side note is that when you had that blood clot, I had a scare of a blood clot. So when you were in the emergency room, yeah, I was because so we so people don't know we have the same management company, uh, Vayner Sports, and Sarah is kind of our main person that both of us talk to. And mm-hmm. I had to call her and let her know I was going to the emergency room and I don't know what's going on. I basically ended up having an infection in my leg, but the doctor started with a blood clot going up into my groin because I had crazy groin pain. And so I tell Sarah that she goes, you won't believe this. The Anthony's in the hospital right now for a blood clot too. And I'm like, what the, what the hell's going on here, man? Yeah, what is happening? It's weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um, all right. So obviously you're on your way. You're feeling better. Um, you got to go through the, the blood. Like how much longer do you have to be on all the, uh, the blood thinning medication? And can you train and stuff like with that? No. So it, if all goes well, I think December 7th, I'm done. So December 6th or December, December 7th, I'll be off the blood thinners. The, the issue is once you're on such heavy blood thinners, they're, they're afraid of like brain bleeds and stuff. So like if I'm doing jujitsu and, and you know, you know how it is, someone bangs an elbow or, or whatever, I get cut. I'll never stop bleeding. <laughs> It'll just fucking bleed forever. And, but they're also worried about like head injuries. So my doctor's like, yeah. be really careful. Like don't fall down. Cause like he's known of people that have been on blood thinners. They fall at the grocery store, hit their head and end up dying they can't get the bleeding in the brain to stop so mm. i don't want to be sparring or wrestling or you know and bang heads with someone and end up in a coma or something that'd be stupid so um and you know i was i was shooting guns with my kid uh right after i got on the blood thinners and just for whatever reason I, it happens to me all the time i scoped myself like i was like my eyes were too close to the scope oh no yeah and it banged me in the forehead i bled for like three days like we could get the i probably should have just went and got stitches but i couldn't it wouldn't stop bleeding so I can't imagine if I like caught an elbow or something in a training session. Jeez. That, that, uh, my brother-in-law for their baby reveal scoped himself. So one of the boys, brother, Tony, for my yeah. sister's uh, baby reveal, he had it like, he blew up Tangerite and it was going to be blue or pink based on if it was, you know, a girl or boy and he scoped himself and that being a boy, <laughs> but he's bleeding all over the place. He has to go and get stitches. So it's freaking, I guess I, I, yeah, I thought he was the only one. No, I do it all the time. Really? Yeah. Like not the last deer I shot, but the one before was a very similar situation. I shoot the deer out of the blind and I like look up, see that I got it. And then I just, just gushing blood all over myself. I, I, I'm an idiot. Jeez. Oh, well. So when do you think, when do you see yourself getting back in the cage? Ooh, I got a fight already. Oh, you have a fight already? Yeah, I just can't announce it. So Are we not breaking news on Won't Back Down Radio? By the way, this is Chris Weidman, and I'm speaking to Anthony Smith. If you're just joining. I can't. I wish I could. I wish I could, but it, it's it's in March. I'm fighting in March. In March. All right. How many yeah. months is that from now? How many, like, how many weeks you got? Did you do the count? 
Did you I have it yet? It's like four, four, was that four and a half months? Something yeah, like that. yeah. So you got plenty yeah. of time. Awesome. Yeah, I got plenty of time. I'm if just, you, I like knowing that early. Could you give me three potential opponents in March that you would, I know you can't give the actual one, but can you give me three potential opponents you that guessed, you would if you, want if to you, fight? If you guess three and that one, and that person is in there, okay. they got to be three available people though. Well, I'll you, tell you if it's one you, of those three. If I get it right, will you tell me who it is? You tell me I'll, if I'm right? I'll text you, but I can't tell you on air. Okay, all right. Nikita, everyone look at the face reactions here, even though this is radio. You might be watching online. I don't know if it's possible, but Nikita Krylov. He's stone cold. You got to huh? give me all three. You got to give me like, give all me right, a group one at three. a time. I'm looking at the reactions. Ryan Spann, still smiling. He went from serious <laughs> to smiling. I think it might be Spann. Uh, but you already, you already did you hang on? Didn't you already beat Span? I did already beat Span. I know, so that's probably not happening again. I know you would that would be a nice fight for you. He's been calling it out though, he's been begging for it. He's been asking for a rematch. Okay, Dominic Reyes. Okay, I gotta say no to Dominic Reyes because that poor man doesn't need to be fighting anybody. I know, I feel so bad for him, bro. I know. I, really I do. do. I, I, you, do you, I, I don't know from, if you like him or not. I feel like I there's from, some guys in the UFC you hate, so I don't know if I went from disliking him, just being annoyed by him, to, like, feeling true sadness for him. Me too. So, it, I – obviously, I lost to him, right? I, you know, he knocked me out first round, sucked my worst Yeah, fight you shouldn't have been time. at 205 anyways. Yeah, but still, it doesn't matter. It, there's no excuses. It was – he got me that night. But uh, since then – he goes and I thought he I thought he beat Jones. I know I don't know how you feel about, it, but either way, so it was too. a very close five round fight. Mm-hmm. Then he got Blackwitz, another champion, gets knocked out cold. Then he got uh, Prohaska knocked out cold, and then he's going against what what I thought was a pretty good matchup for him. Span, I thought that was a layup for him, and knocked out cold. And they're, I actually seen him. Knockouts, I too. seen him out in I seen him in New York after the knockout the next morning. I just happened to be walking by and I you know talked to him a little bit. I will say, like, after he beat me and everything, before he beat me, I kind of couldn't stand him. I was just like, this guy, I don't know. There's something that just rubbed me wrong about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but now I kind of like him. I just, I feel like he handled the feet, like, pretty humbly. And so. Yeah. Well, and, and I feel I bad wish, for him. I don't, because I, don't I think he's a talented guy. Bad. Yeah. I don't wish anything bad on people. And he was, I, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way too. And we've had a little bit of back and forth, nothing super personal. Just, I think both of us are just not each other's cup of tea. Yeah. And. But yeah, I'm at the point now where I I just feel bad for him, and I want like, can just something good happen to this guy, you know, like because he's so talented. I know. So it's either Krylov, Span, or somebody else that I'm not naming. Who's who's another possibility out there of somebody that you were looking at before you decided to get this fight set up? I don't even know. Honestly, I don't like. I I, I didn't ask for this. It came to me. I'm surprised by it. All right. Well, Kelly has has just texted me to wrap this up here soon. So I'm going to wrap this up. I know. I feel like we're just starting to get going here. We need a longer. We need longer time together. We should do this again sometime soon. We should definitely do something. Sirius needs to set up another. Or we should hang out for just us to. Yes, we should hang out. Why don't you bring your family to Nebraska? Out of all the places to go, I'm actually thinking about going to Nebraska soon. You should. It's fun. I actually would love to. I want to go hunting. Let's go. I've never been hunting yet. We'll figure it out. We got all. We got the whole month of December. Let's figure it out. Let's do it. Let's do it. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel. Channel 156.
my buddy and longtime friend, Dennis Bazooka. I usually call you Dennis Bazooka. But yeah. I just went, I heard that dude, the promoter or the, the ring announcer say bazookia. So I just wanted to make sure all my Albanian people know. Is it bazookia or is it bazooka? Bazookia, but for you, it's bazooka. Call me whatever you want. Please. Okay. Because you walked into my gym not too long ago, which was a long time ago. What year was that when you first walked into the gym? 2019. Are you serious? It feels so much longer than that. The uh, first time you came to Lorman May. 2018, actually. All right, let's go 2018. We'll knock it down a year. <laughs> and I remember you coming in and you were talking like you're the next Conor McGregor. I am going to be the world champion. I'm going to be undefeated world champion. I'm going to crush everybody. I'm knocking out everybody in the first round. I'm telling you right now, nobody could beat me. I'm the best thing you've ever seen. Watch <laughs> me. Just watch me. You'll see. And I was like, this dude. But you know what? I, I hear people talk shit a lot. You know, like people come in, they think they're tough and they're really not. You obviously had to. You, you've been humbled, but you've also maintained that same confidence this whole time through Mostly wins, but a couple losses, some close ones against some really tough dudes. But you, you've maintained this confidence that only champions really have. And I knew from the first moment I met you, this kid is special. I told Longo, I said, this kid is special. And here you are now. You're a ring of combat champion. You're the Maverick champion, which is a random promotion I've ever heard of. But they have some tough, <laughs> they got some, they got some <laughs> tough dudes out there, apparently. You know, they got some of the, they got, what is it, like the 20 the show, 20th show or something like that. So they have some tough dudes out there in Pennsylvania. You went out there. I don't know how short of notice, but you, and you uh, put on a great show. You've been on the contender series now twice. Mm. And uh, it's just awesome to see everything come to fruition. But what moves, what, how you're moving forward from here and, and, and now uh, like moving forward in the next couple of months is going to be really interesting. First off, how do you feel coming off a great win this weekend? And uh, what do you see moving forward? I feel great, man. I feel great. Uh, thank God. The biggest thing is always, you know, you know, better than anybody. We always wish for health coming out of there before anything. And then the victory. Uh, thank God I came out with both. So I'm just super grateful. I got on a good win streak. I got my team around me, you know, best team in the world with you guys. Uh, I'm just I'm just happy and blessed, man, every day. I, I'm doing what I love and I couldn't be more happy. Yeah, so walk me through this. I mean, you, you're on a five-fight win streak now. You lost to Melsic Bagdazarian yes. in 2020, which a lot of people don't know this. Like, and, you know, COVID, to me, like, was overdone, right? I think you think so, too. But you were one person I always brought up. Like, you had COVID when we, before we even knew what COVID was. And you trained right through it. You, whatever. You were just like, what is this? You just thought you were sick. And then we found out it was COVID later. Um, and you had some serious symptoms for a long time. I felt so sorry for you because I remember, I mean, you, you were just progressing great. You look so good. You know, you're such a great up and comer, a great athletic kid. Uh, and the future is promising. And then I, and then I seen you back at the sparring after you had this COVID, this COVID issue with your lungs and you weren't the same guy anymore. And I was like, man, what the hell? And you were doing everything you possibly can, different physical therapies. And you tried everything to get rid of it so you could move on. And during that time is when you lost that kid Melsic. In front, of, in front of the world and you had to just eat it, you know, mm -hmm. and like, and, which was a very close fight against a very tough guy. But walk us through that a little bit, because that's that's interesting. And I think a lot of people would be love to hear. it. Yeah. You know, like that whole thing, I had gotten sick uh, three weeks before my first ring of combat title fight. This was in at the end of 2019, right before 2020 started. I'm telling myself, you know, 2020 year, 2020, 2020 vision, you know, we're getting to the UFC, you know, like that self-talk. Yep. I had gotten sick, like extremely sick. It was by far the worst I've gotten sick. Granted, I was cutting weight, training hard, low on calories. So 
I'm thinking it was just that. It's flu season. Everyone in the gym got sick too. A few people went to the emergency room at the time. Uh, the doctors put me on a two-week course of antibiotics. So I just kept training. Just like, all right, whatever. I'll sweat it out kind of thing. Uh, I lost a lot of weight in that time. I really did damage to my body. So I just never recovered from it. I fought like that that time on antibiotics. I was cutting weight on antibiotics. I still fought, cut the weight. I won, thank God. And I just never recovered. And then it progressively got worse and worse and worse uh, to the point where just insomnia, heart palpitations, couldn't breathe. Like the, the lung function tests I did at the pulmonologist was like 68%, 67% of my lungs were working. Like a third of my lungs weren't working. They had no idea why. There was no inflammation. So that's what made it all worse because the tests came back clear. They, the doctors couldn't find anything. No medications worked. I spent all my money on tests and medications. Uh, it was a very frustrating time. And then I got the call for contender. And, you know, I'm not one to really say no to a fight. So I took the fight anyways, was training. Uh, a nerve in my neck shut down my infraspinatus muscle. It's called a supraspinatus nerve. It just shut down. So I lost motion in my rotator cuff muscles. I couldn't, like, I couldn't turn the wheel when I was driving or anything. I remember Al was saying maybe pull out, you know, because I was really messed up. But I was like, I already signed the contract. I'm not going to pull out. It's a big opportunity. I fought, you know, it wasn't my night that night, but uh, I had to really eat that and uh, stay, stay true to myself and focus and, and try to find a way to heal up. And But here we are now. By the way, this is Won't Back Down Radio. This is Chris Weidman. I'm talking to Dennis Bazookia here, Law MMA's finest. <laughs> you won five in a row now. You just, you just beat uh, this guy out in Pennsylvania. And uh, obviously the goal is to get to the UFC. What do you think your path is? Is it the contender series? Do you wait for that? Which is, I think, it's during the summer, right? Yeah. Or do you, do you get another fight to just get another one on the belt? And, and obviously every time you fight is a risk of possibly losing, then you got to work your way up again. Or do you just try to get back and just go straight into UFC? Well, what do you, what do you see as the, the, the road for you? I mean, ideally, so I just won on contender. I had a pretty dominant win against the guy, a strong wrestler. So I mean, yep. I Caleb won. Romero, right? Yeah. Caleb Romero. He's a, he was alpha male's top prospect. They were saying they were hyping him up and everything. And, uh, you know, he went zero for zero on takedowns. I took him down. I dropped him with the knee, smashed him, busted his face up. But it wasn't enough. It is what it is. They told me, stay ready in case a short notice call comes up. I'll be the first guy that comes to mind. I didn't want to sit and wait around. And I figured if I get another big win, uh, it would kind of stamp it in for me to, uh, to get a call. So right now, what I'm hoping for is ideally they, you know, they like the win. It's another championship against a tough opponent. I got a good win streak. I got hype around me in the region, and uh, they just signed me. That's really ideally what I'm hoping for. So what needs to happen now? Do you just, you just let your management know, all right, listen, I'm going to wait around and try to get into the UFC? And, like, you work with Paradigm, right? Yeah, I'm with Paradigm. So what are they saying? They're just going to be talking to Sean Shelby. And is it Sh Shelby your matchmaker or Mick Maynard? Shelby, yeah, Shelby. Okay, so they're just going to be talking to Shelby and, and let them know, hey, listen, he just won his fifth fight in a row. He's hungry to get back in there. Any short notice fight, let's go. Yeah, pretty much. They reached out to him. I'm um, just waiting to hear back from Shelby or what, what my managers say. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. If it takes, if it's another thing where like last time where I'm waiting a while, I don't want to sit around, you know, I think these are my, I feel great. I'm healthy. I'm always training. I want to just keep fighting and staying active. I know there's risk involved with taking a fight. You know, I could slip and fall and get ground and pounded. You know, anything can happen. Uh, but I, I don't like to sit around and wait. I'm not really that type of guy who thinks like I deserve this or I should have this. It's really just go and get it and make it happen. I know it is hard to have that attitude of feeling like you deserve something 
it's hard not to have that when you see other guys get in there that you feel like probably aren't on your level or haven't accomplished and are putting themselves in the positions that you're doing. Is that, is that what makes it a little bit hard to just stay focused on fighting random people when you know you should be in the UFC? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a thing like that, especially right now. I just won the second belt. I defended it three times in a ring of combat. I have the belt here now. So it's like, what other promotion am I going to fight? Am I going to defend another belt again? Like, it kind of, I, like, I know UFC, I belong in the UFC. And then seeing some of these other guys from Contender Series who I know I would destroy them getting signed because they were on a different night with lackluster performances. It's just like, man, this is crazy. You know, if my fight was a different night, I would be signed right now. But I try to turn it into fuel for the fire and just keep going and push harder. And, uh, you know, like, I feel kind of left out. So I, I'm trying to put state, make statements every fight. And now, and even when I'm there, God willing, the time comes, I get there. I, I feel like it's, I'm even hungrier because of it. And I, I think the UFC also knows that you are training with Marab. You're training with Aljo. You're training with Ally Quinta. You're training with some of the best guys in the world on a daily basis, basically your whole career. The UFC jitters and or the unfamiliar territory of being in the UFC and not sure what that competition is going to be like is not going to be there for you. Is that something that gives you a lot of confidence knowing that these are the type of guys you train with? Yes, yes. Almost, I, really, I would say 95% of my confidence comes from that. Uh, Aljo's obviously the world champ. Marab is... The next guy who will be world champ if Aljamain wasn't there. Um, Al fought Khabib and top four uh, UFC lightweight in the world. And obviously you being multi-time world champion, you know, just being around you guys and sweating with these guys every day. It's just a huge confidence, you know, and they've bring me, they brought me around to all these fight weeks, walked out with Aljo on two title fights. So I've seen the brightest of lights that it could be without actually being in the moment fighting. So uh, I just feel like I belong. I've been around so many UFC fight weeks and part of the whole process. I know Shelby. They know my face. You know, I was in the apex a few weeks ago with Aljo and Rob, and then Shelby, I walked past and Shelby said hi to me. So it's like, I, I feel like I belong here. It's like, I feel part of the promotion without actually even fighting for them. And so many of the fighters in the organization know me. Uh, you know, they follow me. They'll see me at the PI when I'm with Aljo and they'll say hi. They know my name. It's not like they just know me as Aljo's training partner. So the athletes respect me and my skills. I, I feel like I belong, man. You know, I, like I did an interview and someone said, I'm living the UFC fighter life without being in the UFC. And it's really how it is. I just train every day and I travel with the guys and it's my life, really. I do think I agree with you. I do think it's just a matter of time. And, and some people come up to me. Actually, someone came up to me recently uh, and was like, Bazooka's in the UFC, right? I'm like, actually, no, technically he's not <laughs> yet. But I know everybody kind of feels like he is. And a part of that is because uh, you have such a big following too. It's not like, you know, you're this, uh, just this kid from Staten Island come, you know, coming out of nowhere and uh, trying to get into UFC. You have a whole country, Albania, with the baklava and the honey from the mountains, <laughs> the proof. And they all have your back. I mean, what is that like to really carry a whole country behind you, especially Albania, where they're going to, they'll kill people for you. Yeah. <laughs> We're saying it like a joke, but it's like, they really will. Uh, <laughs> I'm not laughing. Crazy. <laughs> You're laughing in a good way. You're not laughing at yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Albania, I love you, Albania. <laughs> Make my uh, name Albania. Why? What is it? Why? Why? Uh, give me an Albanian name. With Chris, the... Christian, Christian Weidmanai. I got you. Weidmanai. Why? Weidmanai. Yeah. AJ. Weidmanai. Weidmanai. Okay. Perfect. Okay. That's me. Oh, Weidmanai. Yeah. Christian. Uh, okay. Man, these people. I. I. The, anywhere I go, like just. 
I remember one time I was in Chicago for Aljo's fight when he fought Cody Stamen, and one of the guys, one of the restaurants we went in was an Albanian owner. And he had recognized me at the time. This was years ago. I was still, I think I had just turned pro. Uh, he took care of our whole meal for free. You know, I was with James and I think Marab. He took care of the whole meal in his restaurant just because I was Albanian and a fighter. So it's really like anywhere I go, Albanians see me and they they're just, they tell me how proud they are of me. And like, they watch the fights with their families. Uh, they look at me like a hero, you know, and for me, it's crazy because I'm not in the UFC. I'm not a world champion. I, I'm, I'm just doing what I love and I do it with a passion. But for them, it means so much more. And to me, it it makes me, it humbles me to want to represent them more and in a good way and like win and train harder, not to let these people down because they believe in me. All right, let's fast forward to actually first. This is Chris Weidman, where you're listening to Won't Back Down Radio. And I'm speaking to Dennis Bazooka, if you're just tuning in. Um, what do you think of the featherweight division right now? So let's fast forward. Dana White signs you. You're super excited. How do you see you stacking up with these top guys in, in the featherweight division? And what do you think of uh, Volkanovski going up to 155? I think Volkanovski is a, a monster. It's crazy because he doesn't do anything special, but he's just so good at what he does. Uh, and the basics work. He keeps it simple. He has a great team around him. He's hungry. He's always active. Uh, there's really nothing more you could ask for in a champion. Uh, obviously a tough fight. His cardio is amazing. I, I, but I feel like I, I belong. I could fight anyone in the top five right now and fight Volkanovski. Uh, I'm still 25. I have so much time ahead of me too. Like at least eight years of my prime still ahead of me. So I'm, I feel myself getting better every camp. I think the featherweight division right now is a little lackluster. There's really not that many big names. A lot of the guys aren't fighting. Like I, Yair fights once every year. Max He's fighting Brown. Josh Emmett now, right? Is that official yeah. for the interim yeah, yeah. belt? Yeah, they're fighting now finally. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh Emmett's okay. He's not special. Like none of these guys are special. I think the toughest guy out of all of them was really Zabit, but he's gone. Thank God. We see uh, we see Zabit, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we see Zabit in the training room, bro. Yeah, he's no joke. He's we're, I had to talk about on the weigh-in show uh for UFC 281. Someone who retired that like I just feel like has didn't retire right. And my head, like Zabit was like the best guy I ever seen in the room. Yeah. And to just see him crazy. retire like that was crazy to me because he's just so talented. He's the biggest what if in the sport, I think, by far. Yeah. There was uh, another Russian that was similar to that back in the day, too, that he was killing everybody. He had uh, – yeah, he beat some big-name dudes, and then out of nowhere, just disappeared. Nobody ever heard wow. of him again. And he was, a, he was a beast. I don't remember his name, so I can't – but there was, <laughs> it was a similar thing as a beat. I would put him right up there with, with, uh, with, with a beat as somebody uh, who will there'll always be that what if factor. Yeah. I mean, it's a, but it's a bar. They, he set a bar for the featherweights, I feel like. And for me, uh, I watch his fights a lot. I try to emulate some of the stuff he does. I love his, how fast his kicks are and how he puts it all together. So he's, he's great. I, you know, I was always nervous if I would have had to fight him. He was a guy. It was like, holy shit, I don't want to fight this guy. I would, of course, but, you know, he's just such a tough guy. Yeah. But then everyone else, you know, everyone, a lot of the guys are kind of on losing streaks or they're not as active. I feel like I would get in the featherweight division and really skyrocket to the top quick because I, I want to stay as active as possible as long as I'm healthy, God willing, and uh, just get after everyone. All right. Well, uh, we're going to have to wrap this up now. But if you haven't seen Dennis Bazookia fight yet, let me just tell you a little something. I, I've been around the fight game for a really long time. And he, this is a kid that inspires me. When I watch him train, when I watch him fight, he does things in that octagon 
that I try to do myself. He, the way he could switch stances and, and work from both sides, the way he could slip and rip. You know, I always love you slip and rip. <laughs> yeah, this guy would do slip and rips. And then I would imagine I'm him when I'm doing the pads and I'm sparring, I would try to do slip and rips just like him. Uh, he's a guy who's inspired me and he could be, he, he's, he's inspiring Albania and hopefully the world to come soon as soon as he gets into the UFC. And uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm super happy for you and your family. And uh, I love the way you've been handling yourself. Keep it up. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously be watching you. MMA on Sirius XM is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Plus, catch Won't Back Down Radio, Unlocking the Cage, and MMA Today on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 and on the SXM app. SiriusXM Podcasts.